0: All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt
1: Slick, listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're going to have a good time listening. Yeah, I hope so. And if you want, you can give me a call. All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276, and um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you. I'm just checking. I'm a little distracted because uh, I did some camera stuff uh, on the YouTube thing. Well, long story short. It's not looking like it's supposed to. And uh, that's all. It's just not looking. My camera a little grainy. i got to figure that out. Oh, well, that happens. So, hey, look, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right. And also, if you want to email me, you can. All you have to do is go to, uh, you know, just go to your email and email me at info at karm.org. info at karm.org and I can if you have a question or comment you want me to talk about it on the air I can it's real easy to do so that's all you got to do all right really simple and today's Friday and so a lot of times I do hate mail on Friday so we'll see if we get to that Uh, I particularly enjoy hate mail you know for me a lot of fun and apparently people like it (laughs) so so we're gonna see we're gonna see how it goes alright uh, let's see well, why don't we just uh... oh yeah uh, we stay on the air by your support if you want to uh, see us you know, continue to uh, have us on the air please consider supporting us all you have to do is uh, just go to carm.org forward slash donate and uh, let us know uh, all you can do is, is uh, donate we ask five dollars a month that's not very much. And if enough people do that, we'll be able to stay on the air and all that kind of stuff. So please consider supporting us. All right? We would like that. And and uh, we appreciate it. All right. all right. All right. All right. Why don't we just get on the air with, let's see, Matt from North Carolina. Matt, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt.
2: Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a quick question for you. Um I have sure. a like a fellow believer um, who is mm-hmm. who I'm, I interact with probably weekly um, on a prayer call I'm in and okay. they are really really negative constantly and and look at all the things that are wrong with them including their there's things going on with them um, disability wise and other things like that and I guess what's my question for you is how would you recommend um, kind of encouraging him and kind of what would be you know are there any good Bible verses and things like that that would be good to sort of share with him going forward?
1: Well, is this guy a Christian?
2: He claims to be, yeah, and and I mean he's he's a member of a, of a church and, and serving in that church and everything like that. So that's kind mm-hmm. of I, I asked the same question, but I'm I'm assuming he is, but I don't know that.
1: Okay, well, it, it might be that uh, that he's not a, a Christian. And you know, just kind of, you know, kind of find out, look, see if you can figure that out. Uh, because it's always helpful to know what perspective he's coming from. How old is he, roughly?
2: Uh, early fifties, something like that.
1: Fifties. Oh, well, wow, you should know better. So, you, did you mention disability? Is that what you said? He had disability.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he did.
1: Did or does? Does.
2: Yeah, he does currently. Okay. Yeah, have some. All right.
1: All right well what people who have disabilities and um you know they're, they're different i i know uh, i got a friend who's has he's has a cerebral palsy and uh he's happy uh you know he serves the lord and he's a great guy hope he's listening and uh he'll even he call in and he could talk because he has cerebral palsy he's in a wheelchair but uh is just different with different people, so it's difficult for me to say, well, this is what this person ought to do or ought not to do, because it's just different. But the issue sure. is, if he's a Christian, if he really is a Christian, he needs to focus on what the Lord can do with him and through him in the situation that he's in, and that he can can be used. And this is what needs to happen, and Philippians 4, 6 through 8, is, is usually pretty good about that. So that's one of the things I would consider uh, telling him about, and see if you can get him to... Uh, You know, to focus on the word of God, but often it just takes counseling, and people can become depressed because they have a disability, they don't have a wife. You know, uh, they can uh, just be depressed because things are tough. It can certainly happen. So you know, it's it's hard to tell you, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. All
2: right. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I definitely just kind of been sort of scratching my head. Uh, in terms
1: of kind of what to do or say yeah. for the last couple of weeks that I wanted to ask. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yeah. But it just depends on the situation and who he is and if he's a Christian or not. You know, it just takes counseling. And sometimes it's just a good idea to go to a counselor and, mm-hmm. and get some go help. Ahead. You know, It is. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, no, that's all I had uh, for a question. I appreciate your answering, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend, Matt. God bless
1: you. You too, man. God bless. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. All right. Well, that was an interesting call. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial eight seven seven Let's get to, let's see, Herb from North Carolina. Herb, welcome. You are on the air. Hey,
3: Matt hey buddy always good to talk to you i'm so thankful to the lord you're on the air um i got a question it's it's like an obvious question but then again i don't understand it how can it be so many people in this world refuse to accept the obvious being jesus christ when it's so clearly plain before them does that Is that because of this thing about, you know, said to select people, certain people are chosen? If someone says they just still will not accept the Lord, is that because they're they're not choosing God? Is is that just where it's planned to be for them not to be picked? Am I making any sense?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, it deals with what's called election and predestination. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 4 that he chose us in him. Before the foundation of the world, this is election. Uh, 2 Thessalonians two thirteen, that uh, he chose us uh, for salvation from the beginning. Uh, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed Acts thirteen forty eight. So these are just the verses that the Bible teaches, and people don't believe because they don't want to believe, and God is the one who draws them. John six forty four, and, and Jesus says, "You can't come to me unless the Father draws you." And John six forty four, and and um, he says, "You can't come to me unless it's granted to you from the Father." John six sixty five. Now, what's interesting is, yeah. we don't have the ability to know how God works and how the interaction is between how do I say this between God and us? Because I can get really deep into this. I'm not going to do it right now. But the knowledge that God has is eternal, and the decrees He has is eternal, and the free will choices we make are within His sovereign decrees, and we have the ability to be free. And yet the freedom that we have is within the ordained plan of God. And so in Christ, once we're redeemed, we can pray and ask God to save somebody. And he certainly uh, does his will. And so we can't say how it all works. So I'm a very staunch believer in election predestination. I absolutely am, and I I will defend it. But on the other hand, I'll just say, but I don't know how it all works. You know, I'm out there evangelizing. I will witness uh, I will do, or, do I've gone door to door, I've done prison ministry, I've done swap meet ministry, you know, uh, hear my radio, uh, try and, and tell people about Jesus because I just don't know how it all comes together. And so that's okay. Yeah. And it's possible that my well, I... understanding of election and predestination are, is incorrect. It's certainly possible. So what I do is I just say, well, I'll leave it up to God. And I believe he elects and predestines, and I believe, as it says in James five sixteen seventeen, the prayers of a righteous man avail much with God. So my prayers are righteous through the blood of Christ and avails much with God. I don't know how it all works. So if I'd like to say, my friend says, Bill McKeever, if he's listening down there in Sa- uh, Salt Lake City, he said, we're in sales, not production. <laughs> we just try and get people to, <laughs> to, 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 to buy into Christ. We, we don't produce Christians, you know. So we're in sales, not production. Yeah. I like that. Yeah.
3: Well, I have a friend who is Catholic, and my wife mm-hmm. and I have tried so much to get her to open her eyes, to realize she's not, she doesn't believe in God. She keeps going on about Mary, And we are trying so much. I know we can't force anyone, mm-hmm. but it's just beyond me. I mean, I watch her, and we mm-hmm. spell it out, and we show things you know, about the goodness of God and she, about Jesus. And she's like right. determined to stay with that belief. So I'm thinking, well, maybe God just doesn't want her or, you know, she's just got the devil's gotten a hold of her to a point. She's just determined to take that horrible risk, even though it's obvious she's going to lose if she goes with the devil and not God.
2: So, right. so we
3: just rack our brain trying to say, I get, there's nothing else we can do but pray for her. But it's just right. so hard to understand. It's almost like I want to say you can't fix stupid. And I don't mean right. that in the ugly, you know, derogatory right. way. True. But it, it, mm-hmm. I can't see the light. <laughs> well, you know,
1: when one of the things that God says in Romans 1 is that God, in fact, I can read it to you because it's really important here. This is what uh, the Roman Catholics are guilty of. And you start in verse 18, the wrath of God has been revealed against all ungodliness. And it goes on. Uh, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the image of the form of corruptible man. So this includes Mary. So the Roman Catholic Church is not a true church, and it's a false church. And it uh, promotes this uh, issue of... uh, of, of idolatry in the person of Mary so people get they get so involved with Mary this Mary that pray to Mary seek Mary blah 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 that they take their eyes off of Christ and therefore verse 24 God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever Amen for this reason, God yeah. gave them over to degrading passions, and He goes on. It's a judgment. So, mm-hmm. you know, the thing to do is pray for her salvation. Pray that God would release yeah. her from the bonds of the of the false teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. That's right. Okay.
3: Well, we do. I, I just can it's, it's so. It's sickening to think someone such as her, by not seeing the light, right. of what they're in store for. And it's it's just exactly it's right. disheartening because I meet mean, a lot of people like that. They just will not accept the obvious. You know, how right. can anyone deny Jesus Christ, the goodness He represents, and all of creation? Everything that the little things we take for granted. You know, our how our bodies work, our cells, all these minute things, mm-hmm. and we just take it for granted. And I'm thinking, can you mm-hmm. not give God some of the credit instead of saying? Two rocks came together, and bam! That you know, here's a here's the world. <laughs> I don't, right. I'm just I'm about your age, and I'm just getting frustrated too with how society mm-hmm. and the world has just turned upside down. What used well, to be right this. is now wrong. What used to be wrong is yeah. right.
1: Yeah, Isaiah 5:20. So uh, get this: we have a young a girl who comes over to our house two days a week and strains the cat boxes. She's like 14, I think, or 12, or I don't know. And uh, we get along great, and I tease her a little bit, you know. I say, hey, you're glad to see me, aren't you? That's why you come over here. Isn't it for me? And I said, smile if it's true. And, you know, stupid dad kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, so we have a good little banter, and she tries not to smile, and, and I tease her a little bit that she's a sweetie. And she said that everybody in her school, I'm skipping steps how we got to the conversation, everybody in school identifies with pro-homosexuality, LGBTQ, all of her kids in her oh, school. Oh, yeah it's bad. It's everywhere. Okay, man. buddy. Yeah, we got to go. There's a Thank you there's so break. Let's get something else. You,
3: and have
1: a you too, you, God bless. Okay. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: It's Matt Slick Live! Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. for Open Lines, if you want to give me a
1: call all you gotta do is dial 877-207-2276 it's real easy to do you can also email me if you want to do that uh, at info at carm.org. you can say you know hey I got a question and just email me uh, you don't have to call if you don't want to do that all right uh, and someone says may I call this afternoon and talk about the notion logic is conceptual if you want to call <laughs> of course it's a conceptual and let's get to, let's see, Tasha from North Carolina. Tasha, welcome. You are on the air.
4: Thank you so much. Let me see if I can, I hope you can make sense of this question, or you can make mm-hmm. sense of it. So mm-hmm. I believe in the Trinity, and my question is about the third heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really familiar with it. I do know that, like, that's where God is, and that the saints are in the second heaven. Is that correct?
1: No. No, that's Mormonism. Um, in Jewish cosmology, there's three heavens. The first heaven is the earth atmosphere. The second is outer space. The third is God's dwelling place. So, for example, the atmosphere. Deuteronomy eleven seventeen: When the Lord's anger will burn against you, and He'll shut the heavens so that you will not uh, it will not rain. Or uh, Acts fourteen seven: Yet He has not left Himself without testimony. He's shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven. So the word heaven there is used in the context of you know, rain and stuff like that. And uh, rain on the land, and uh, you march in the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. That's Judges 5.4. So we have one level of heaven which deals with the atmosphere, the birds, the clouds, things like that. The second heaven. This is Psalm nineteen verses four and six. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Jeremiah eight two. They will be exposed to the sun and the moon and all the stars of heavens of the heavens, that is, which they have loved and served. So this, and then Isaiah thirteen ten. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. Then there's the third heaven, 1 Kings eight thirty. Uh, from, then hear from heaven your dwelling place that's the dwelling place of God Psalm 2.4 the one enthroned in heaven laughs the Lord scoffs at them Matthew 5.16 the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven so we have three heavens according to the Bible the first one is where the atmosphere is the second one is the, the outer space thing and the third is the dwelling place of God and so, uh, we can go to, for example, uh, this is what's really interesting, go to 2 Corinthians 12, 2. I know a man, uh, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, such a man, uh, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, uh, that a man are not uh, uh, oh, excuse me, I, I skipped something. Verse 2, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And that's what's going on there. He says the third heaven. And that's the dwelling place of God. Okay?
4: When we um, pass away, if we're saved, we go to the third heaven. What I don't yes. get the significance of the second heaven. Is anybody there? I mean, I don't believe in, like, like what the Catholics believe of, I just want to make sure that I understand, and then once we have glorified bodies, will we be able to see God at that point? I know He's not human, whatever His essence is or does.
1: We will not be able to see the Father because 1 Timothy 6.16 says that God, speaking of God, the Father in the context of Christ, uh, dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. He cannot be seen according to Scripture. Yes. In the Old Testament, when they saw God in many places, and I can quote you the references, but uh, they were never seeing the Father. They were seeing the pre-incarnate Christ. Jesus says in John six forty six, "Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father." He's talking about himself. So this refutes all of Mormonism, incidentally, because they said Joseph Smith saw the Father. It's impossible according to scripture. So yeah. what we're talking about here is when we are when we die, we go to be with the Lord. Second Corinthians five eight. Uh, to be absent from the body, to be home with the Lord, and though Jesus is in heaven. We're going to be with Him. So we'll be in the third heaven. It's not just floating around, you know, next to the planet Jupiter or something like that, or you know, floating around with the clouds. It means to go in the presence of God. We don't know exactly where, how all that works, but that's just what the scriptures are teaching about uh, the ability of of us in that level of heaven. That help? Is there any
4: significance of the second heaven for us?
1: You're you're breaking up when you talk a little bit, so it's a little hard to understand. But could you repeat that?
4: Is there any significance of the second heaven for us?
1: Yeah, we breathe in it. It's where the air is, and I like rain. I love rain. And so that comes from, biblically speaking, the second heaven. That's where it comes from. I
4: mean, as far as dwelling. As far as what? Dwelling there.
1: Well, we we dwell in it. I mean, there's air where we are. Yeah, it's it's, it's just the all it's in reference to is uh, the atmosphere, the clouds, the rain. That it's just one of the Jewish ways of talking. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah, that okay. is. Okay.
5: Yeah.
1: Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Well, God bless. All right. All right. Let's get to Ryan from Pennsylvania. Hey, Ryan, welcome here on the air.
5: Hello, Matt, thank you very much for inviting me to call, and um, I, um, b- by the way, rather than trying to spring things on you uh, unbeknownst, I'm going to try to email you ahead of time every time to let you know what I'd like to discuss and get your permission to call, so I appreciate you um, letting me do that. Okay, uh,
1: so um
5: the, um the The topic I'm interested in is when you say logic is conceptual, what does that mean?
1: logic processes occur in the mind
5: okay. Okay. um... it is true that we use our mind to do logic but uh, i contend that that is not the defining characteristic of logic okay. the defining characteristic of logic is encapsulated into the uh... the latin phrase quad erat demonstratum so in other words um... what is uh... germane to logic and what is um... crucial to logic is what can be demonstrated. So in other words, if I say, uh, quote, if A then B, A therefore B, is a valid inference, it's not enough for me to use my mind to do that. I have to demonstrate it and show and prove that it is a valid inference.
1: But to do that you have to presuppose the universal laws of logic, you have to presuppose them, and uh, you know, modus ponens I think is what you quoted there. So it's not a big yes. deal, but uh, but uh, logic is something that occurs in the mind. It doesn't occur uh, under rocks or in rivers. Okay, would you agree?
5: Well, if I write down the statement, if A, then B, A, therefore B, obviously it's not occurring just in my mind. It is something more than in my mind. So therefore it is not conceptual.
1: So if you write down, uh, uh, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, you write on a piece of paper. Is that the law of proper inference right there on a piece of paper?
5: Well, yeah, that's a representation of it, and um, okay. it is something well, more than just the mind. So obviously, I didn't it's being it. something outside of the mind.
1: But I didn't say is it a representation. I said is it the law of proper inference? Is it? Yes. Not re. Okay. So then, if we destroyed it, then the law of proper inference is now destroyed. Okay.
5: No, because it's, we can reproduce
1: it. Okay, you're not. You're not hearing what I'm saying. It has to do with an toss. The properties emanate out of the entoss. If you write the law proper imprints on the paper and it is the law then to destroy it is to destroy that law but that's not possible because the laws of logic are not dependent upon uh, the physical realm but we're going to hold on because we've got a break Hey folks, if you want to give me a call 877 We'll be right back
0: It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with Ryan for
1: a little while. Ryan, all right.
5: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. My point is is that what is germane to logic is what can be demonstrated and what can be proven, not what goes on in your mind. That um, the um, uh, the activities that goes on your in your mind... If it results in if A then B, A therefore B, it does not matter whether or not the uh, the uh, activities in your mind are rational, non-rational, or irrational. What matters is what is demonstrated. And once you demonstrate the proper inference of things, you can destroy it after you write it down. It's already been demonstrated. You don't need to demonstrate it again. And it does again. It doesn't matter what's going on in your mind.
1: Do you think God is concerned with what goes on in your mind?
5: Um, uh, again we're talking logic right now yes. we're talking about the you nature said, of logic
1: Okay, you said it doesn't matter what goes on in our mind you cannot have the idea of logic what? being extant independent from the sovereignty of God and so I'm just asking is God concerned with what goes on in our mind
5: well here's the thing when you're talking about logic uh, as I've shown you before I can account for all of logic and mathematics with uh, appealing to any worldview at all or no worldview at all so it is um not germane as to what's going on in the mind of god is when it comes to logic
1: but i asked is god concerned with your thoughts of course okay so if you think irrationally does that glorify god
5: um again we're switching categories here because we're no longer talking about logic so, you're, um, uh, because you're,
1: it's logical for you to submit yourself to Scripture and to not assert that there are facts that exist independently of God's sovereignty, and that's what you're doing.
5: That is and not biblical
1: logic at all. Yes, it is. I'm try- giving you biblical no, it's logic. No, not all things. No, are there's no such thing as biblical logic. Okay, hold on. Yes, there is. God is the sovereign King. Is that not correct? Yes. Is it correct? Okay. Does anything that exists ultimately trace its uh, through the causal chain and infinite regression? Does, it, does it go back to God? Ultimately, everything. Sure. Okay. So there are no facts that exist outside of a context, and the context exists in a causal chain, and God initi- initiated the causal chain. Would you agree? Uh sure. So then all logical thoughts in your mind and anybody else's mind are in the context of the causal chain initiated by God, right?
5: Well, all logical thoughts, all non-logical thoughts, all illogical thoughts, all rational thoughts, all non-rational all of them.
1: Okay. So then what you're doing is, hold on a sec is what I'm trying to do with you is to show you that it is important that the logic that we think in the irrational of our mind ultimately is because that... God is the ultimate being that can justify all your thoughts and everything. You cannot say that logic exists independently from the context of God's ultimacy.
5: Well, my point is is that logic is not an ultimate concern. The logic is a temporal concern and a temporal activity.
1: I didn't say that, and you're just making up things. So the point here is that God is the ultimate, and so you cannot say that that the laws of logic or any logical processes exist or work independently of God's context. Would you agree?
5: Well, my point is, <clears throat> is that um, when you're dealing with logic, those sorts of things must be shown and demonstrated, not just something that goes on in your mind. And okay, so I'm when you're talking about in terms of a theological process and your a theological understanding of things, that's what you're imposing on this. And I'm saying that that is not germane to what logic is all about. What logic is all about is what can be demonstrated and what can be shown and, uh, and proven. And, uh, and what you're doing
1: is idolatrous. You're idolatrous. What no, you're saying not. is that logic is independent of the sovereignty and the, and the morality and the holiness of God.
5: No,
1: that's not yeah. what I'm doing. Yes, it is. I'm it's because you're trying category. to say it's not germane. You say it's not germane to the issue, of the context of God's ultimacy. That's what you're saying. That's, that's idolatry.
5: Correct. That's correct.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's no, idolatry. That. You're saying so. Does logic exist apart from God's sovereignty?
5: Logic uh, again. Logic is a human activity. I got, I got that I got that
1: I asked a specific question you repeatedly are ignoring my questions you're not answering my questions so I'm going to ask a specific question Does the do the laws of logic or log- logical thinking of our mind do they exist independently of God's sovereignty
5: <clears throat> no they are not independent okay. of God's sovereignty so then again, so the then
1: so then hold on so then your thoughts regarding logic are important morally to God aren't they
5: Morally
1: important? Of course. Are they not morally because it morally related to God because they deal with truth values and God's the author of all truth, right?
5: They deal with truth functions, not truth values.
1: Truth values, truth functions, the nature of truth, whatever it is, that ultimately comes from God because truth is realized through Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, let's see this John one seventeen, I believe. Grace and truth relies through him, and he's the way the truth in life. So then isn't it true that all truth ultimately comes back to God, no matter what form it is? Sure. Okay. Sure. And then so then the, then you cannot things, say then, then you cannot say, I'm trying to make a point, you cannot say that the processes of logic that you have in a mind are independent of God and not germane to his sovereignty or the moral necessity of thinking properly.
5: Well, here's the thing. Logic doesn't have anything to do with thinking properly. It has to do with what is, can be demonstrated and what can be shown. Okay? Now, and that can be all, done from a Christian worldview, a non-Christian worldview, or any Christian worldview. It does not matter. Okay.
1: Okay. How do you point. substantiate, let's, let's assume atheism, that there is no God, which I deny is, is even a rational mm-hmm. possibility. How do you justify the universality of the laws of logic from an atheistic worldview?
5: Well, I've already shown to you in previous calls that the laws of logic are not universal, and they aren't. Then they change dra- dramatically. But let us assume for a moment that no, what you haven't you're shown is that true. Okay.
1: You've not shown that.
5: So, yes, I have. I've shown no, you haven't. many definitions of uh, identity, mm. many definitions no. of content. no, no,
1: no, no. Therefore, the no, definition no, no. changes. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. So we already went over this stuff, and I asked if something that exists and has its own ontos is itself identical to itself. Is it true?
5: Okay, that is one definition
1: is of identity, yes. I, just, I didn't ask you a definition, but, I, I just said, see, you, you, Ryan, you're not listening. Repeatedly you don't listen. I ask you questions and then you change the, uh, the question and answer a different question. I asked you, if you have an, an object, whatever the object is, and it's just a simple whatever it is, is it identical to itself? Yes. Can it be the case that it's not identical to itself? Yes. Then you, what you did was offer contradiction because now you have the same object being both identical to itself and not the case that it's identical to itself. You can't have both opposites yes, be true at I the same time. And then, hold on. You I, cannot have Ryan, listen. You cannot have a statement that refutes itself be true. You can't have it's the case that it is identical to itself it's also not the case that it's identical to itself. That's illogical.
5: Here's the point. I can show it and I can demonstrate it that uh, A is identical to not A is true. I can demonstrate it and I have to you.
1: No, okay? you haven't. And so I, I asked you a very simple question. No, 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 you didn't do that. Morningstar, those are definitions that are arbitrary. We're talking about the very nature, the essence of an object. This object, whatever the object is, has a nature. It mm-hmm. is what it is. This object. Is, uh, let's say that it's a. Let's just say it's a carbon sphere. It's ten centimeters in diameter. Let's just use that. It is what it is, identical to itself. Correct. Yes. Now, an elephant twenty feet away, is over there. So the object is not identical to an elephant in its nature, is it? Correct. Okay, so then it's necessarily the case that it obtains a property of itself, and it cannot also obtain an opposite property of what it already is. In other words, it is what it is, and cannot have a property contradictory to what its nature is. Like be an elephant okay, property I'm, because it doesn't have that property. So something is okay. necessarily identical to what it is. That's that's just a law of now, logic. And if you want to say that that's not the case. Well, then, you know, then you're just a a giant kumquat that's uh, hanging in a hammock on Mars.
5: Well, Matt, may I explain to you what you're missing?
1: Ryan, I'm going to tell you something. You don't know logic as well as you think you do.
5: Oh, yes, I do. I know it much better than you do. No, you don't. I've been studying it for 40 years.
1: What's the transitivity of identity?
5: Well, here's the thing. Uh, Let me explain to you what you're missing. First of all... Logic does not deal in logic, it deals in statements. When so, when you're saying an object is what it is, that's not a logical statement. A logical statement is to say A is identical to A, not an object is un- identical to an object. Second of all, you have said before that when uh, you're talking about identity, that identity is in a frozen particular space of time, instantaneously. We break. Because if it break. does over and, and well, does Ryan, over Ryan, time a break. and it's going to become Sorry, a different object. Just...
1: Okay, we're at a break. Sorry, buddy. Hey, folks, we're just going to move along. Um, Wow. Boy. Hey, if you want to give me a call, five open lines. We'll be right back after the break. Maybe we'll get to some hate mail. That'd be more fun.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to
1: the show. We have nobody waiting, and I think we'll do some hot, uh, some hate mail. So I'm just going to get right into it. I'm just going to see what's going to happen, how it goes. If you want to give me a call in the meantime, 877-207-2276. Let's see. This is in the hate mail category. If God is sovereign. Yes, he is. Omniscient. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So I walk up to a man and tell and tell that man about Jesus and how to be saved, and he gives... His heart to Jesus right there. Is the man saved? Apparently, yes. You better believe he is. How? Because he ca- God called on the name of the Lord. Okay. Now, should I tell the man, wait a minute. You, we're, <laughs> were you one of the elect? <laughs> I just kind of understand what he's criticizing. Uh, how do I know if he was one of the elect? Because he believed. <laughs> it's just that simple. Sorry, didn't Jesus die the rugged cross for you? <laughs> this person, uh, you know... I'm going to say this. People, study <laughs> study. what you criticize first. I have explained this so many times, and uh, people just don't get it, you know. They go, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, but I did, didn't die for you. Uh, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. Jesus died for all and anyone who wants to come and come and, and anyone who wants to be saved. This is, this is, to me, when people say stuff like this, and no offense meant, but to me this is... Um, not a very sophisticated theological understanding. And uh, I say that because it's true, all right? Uh, Jesus died for everyone. Well, if you go to 1 Samuel 3.14, uh, God says that the iniquities of Eli's house will not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Well, that includes the sacrifice of Christ, 1 Samuel 3.14. I can't tell you how many times I've brought that verse up to people who say Jesus died for every individual who ever lived, and I'll bring that up, and, and they don't have to do with it. I go, that, that just falsifies your statement. Did he do it? Yes, he did. But it says, I've had people say, "No, he did. He did die for everybody, even even the iniquities of Eli's house." And I'm like, "What?" But I'm going to read it to you just to show you. Okay, because this is just this is just teaching, just showing you. First Samuel three fourteen. All right, God says, "Therefore, I've sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever." Well, that puts a bit of a crimp in things, little pilgrim. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what are you going to do about that? And uh, so the, the uh, let's see, the ESV says forever. Uh, uh, ES Yeah, it says forever. The New King James, uh, forever. The LEB, forever. RSV, forever. I mean, it just goes on. Okay. So I ask them that. Well, is that the case? Because people just don't, they don't do their homework. Okay, he died for everybody. Well, okay. And then what I'll do is I'll ask him a question. I'll say, okay, let's say he died, did that. Okay, so their sin debt's paid for. Yes. Can they go to hell? Yes. Well, wait, 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 wait. How can they go to hell if they their sin debt's gone? Because they have to believe. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Believing is an uh, obligation. It's so, uh, John fourteen one. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You go to Exodus twenty. The Ten Commandments. Have no other god. You're supposed to believe in the true living God. So is it's a command to believe. Yes. So that a sin? Yes. Did Jesus die for that sin too? Now they're stuck. Well d but if he did, then that sin's paid for, then how can they go to hell? I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's how it usually works, you know. And so you just start asking these questions. You start asking questions, okay? And then I want to even get into the all issue because I can show you from scripture that all has limited values in various contexts. And then people come back with, oh, all doesn't mean all, i I get a kick out of it. And I'll say, does green mean green? <laughs> does it? You know? <laughs> and uh, they'll say, well, of course it does. I say, well, good, give me some green. What? Well, green means green. Give me some green, right? that another word for money. And, uh, and if I have too much green would you be green with envy you know you know and maybe you're too you're a novice at this this kind of discussion you're kind of green at that aren't you but then if we do this too much you might get sick you know make it green you know it's so green means what it means in its context and so I show people this stuff and let me tell you something over the years i me tell you something that's really common as I've heard many many times over the years I've had people some sell. sell <laughs> let me try to get in English I've had so many people over the years say Matt when I first started listening to you and I know what's coming I know I know what's going to happen oh you made me mad yep okay or someone else said, said you you oh, you angered me yep you irritated me yep I didn't like what you said that's true and uh say but keep going but and, they, and then they usually say but I looked at what you said in the scripture. That's what it says. And I go, yep. So the same thing happened to me when I first heard about this. I go, no way. And then I started studying and I went, uh, that's what it says. And so a lot of people get upset with that, you know. And this is my friend mocks me and goes, that's what it says. Uh, or what does it say? And he kind of mocks me that way. So uh, I, I get a kick out of that. So at uh, any rate, um, you know, it's just, it, you know. It's just it's just you don't have to be so uppity about this you, you, know, you think you know so much and I'm not saying oh, I know everything no 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 but come on you know uh and then he talk about free will and then I ask him questions about free will and i oh man and I've had so many people so many people <laughs> say that it really irritates them. really my wife says it a lot but I think it's for a different reason any rate, that's a whole other topic. Maybe some of you guys heard about that. We'll get into that. So there you go. There you go. And uh, to me, it a lot of fun. All right. Let me see. Um, let's see. That was that email. So I'm going to go on to another one. Heard you tell a lady earlier that the only way you can be saved is that God chooses you and predestines you to salvation. That's correct, and it's true. Jesus says, you cannot come to me unless it's granted to you from the Father. John six sixty five. Does that mean he doesn't choose others and predestines them to hell? Uh, we would say that he doesn't choose everyone for salvation. Now, predestined them to hell, we wouldn't say that. They'd just go in there naturally. Okay. Uh, he says, oh, uh, so like Jerry Vines and blah, 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 blah. I'm a whosoever Christian. I love that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I totally agree with that. Whoever does. You call on the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We have no problem with that. For to love the world, he give his only begotten Son, whoever believes. Now, it doesn't say who, whoever there in the Greek, there, okay? It, just, it doesn't say whoever, which is the Greek word host. It does say in John, John 3.16, the word whoever is actually uh, three words, pas hapus duon, all the believing one. That's what it really says, but we don't talk like that. So let me go back to Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10. If you confess your mouth, it says, uh, whoever, whoever calls the name of the Lord. Where is that verse? Whoever yeah, calls, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, will abide in him. That's right, First John 4.15. Uh, that's the word, that's Hoseon, and uh, so it's not Hose, but it's Hoseon, it's okay, it works. So the point is that uh, a lot of people, they don't study, they don't read very much. And a lot of people don't realize the Bible is deep. You know, I tell the Bible study group that I'm, I'm teaching on Thursday nights, I say, when we get to Romans 5, 18, and 19, We'll probably spend at least an hour, maybe to an hour and a half on either one or both of those verses. Because it's so deep theologically. People aren't used to to studying. I'm not mocking them. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying, they're just not really studying, and they think, oh, it means whoever, that means it's your free will choice. What? what, what, Where does it say that? Where does it say that? That it's up to the unbeliever uh, in his freedom. If If it's just up to the unbeliever, then why does Jesus say, you can't come to me unless it's granted you from the Father? Well, I, I just ask questions, okay? Or people will say, "Well, he wants all people to be saved." You know, I'll quote, uh, "You know, that's fine." Second Peter three three nine or uh, three nine and ten, no problem. Wants all to be saved, and I'll say, "I agree." Can I ask you? Would God ever speak in such a way that people will not be saved? And he goes, "Of course not, because he wants them all to be saved." Then why does Jesus speak in parables? Mark four ten through twelve. He, he says so. Jesus says so. They'll not be saved. That's what he says. So now I can say, okay, now you're saying he always wants everyone to be saved, yet Jesus, who's God in flesh, speaks in parables, so people will not be saved. That's what he says, Mark 4, 10 through 12, go check it out. Okay, now see, now can you harmonize them? People aren't used to having to face stuff like this. And this is one of the things I show them. I'm not trying to outsmart them. I'm not trying to make them look bad. I'm saying, take all of Scripture. If your theological perspective is simply built on one verse like john 316 for example well then how good is your theology I'm not saying john 316 is not a good verse it's it's awesome but god has given us more than one verse and we need to study the verses and see and then when we see problems like this that so we don't understand that's the sign that we need to study and when we study we find out that there's a lot of things we didn't know and i'm constantly learning in fact you know I've been studying for uh, 43 years now and, and doing this stuff in apologetics for 43 years, okay? Got a Master's of Divinity. And I, I've been doing this for eight, radio for over 18 years now. And 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 so, Okay, and you know what? I love it when people teach me new stuff. I'm open to it. I've had people say, hey, Matt, have you heard how to witness to Jehovah's Witness using this verse? I go, no, tell me. i got a lot to learn. I'm always open. And I know... Oh, I know more than the average person. That's not a boast. It's just, you know, you study it all the time. You, you learn stuff. But i got so much more to learn. And so we have to have that attitude at all levels of our understanding. We do. Anyway, so if, uh, if you believe that only some are given an opportunity and, and some aren't, then you are the ones that are given... Then who are the ones given the opportunity? The ones who believe. Check this out. God has granted that you believe. Philippians 1.29, he has granted it, that you believe. It's the aorist passive indicative in the Greek, which means it's past tense, and God's when performing the action of granting that you believe. Philippians 1.29, why would he do that if it's just up to your free will, your sinfully enslaved free will? Why, if it's just up to your sinfully enslaved free will, then why does it say that you cannot come to me unless the Father grants it to you? John 6.65, why is that the case? Or if it's just up to your free will, then why does it say as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, Acts 13.48? I ask these questions of people, and it's not for me to get one up on them and say, see, I showed you. No, it's, let's harmonize them. Let's look deeper into theology. And if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you what I've learned through these things. And then you judge what I say against scripture. That's all I'm saying. And uh, if you, if, because I'll tell you who the elect are, they are the whosoever wills. I would agree. The elect are the ones who believe. That's what it is. But don't think that God elects them because he sees they're going to believe. Don't say that because then God is now showing partiality based on something good in somebody. And that's a, that's, God denounces that. That's a whole other issue. And my name is Kenny, et cetera, call me, blah, blah, blah. You told that woman you don't know how God chooses. That's right, I whoa. I don't know how God chooses people. But he's this person says, I do. By believing the name of <laughs> So this is what the person's doing, he's making the mistake. You say God chooses them because they believe. Now here's I'm gonna tell you something about this. The unbeliever is a slave of sins. And that's Romans 6, 14 through 20. He's a hater of God, does not seek for God, doesn't do any good. Romans 3, 10, 11, and 12. He cannot receive spiritual things. First Corinthians 2, 14. His heart's desperately wicked and deceitful and cannot be trusted. Jeremiah 17, 9. His righteous deeds, including his thoughts and his intentions, are filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 6. He's by nature child of wrath. Ephesians 2, 3. How does someone like that simply believe? How does he do that? He can't. So God does not choose them based on any goodness in them because there is no goodness in them. He chooses based on his sovereignty what's in him, not what's in us. That person doesn't realize he was teaching some heresy there. But hey, that's what it is. Hey, may the Lord bless you by his grace back on here on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend. And yes, you can be irritated with what I say. God bless.
0: Another program powered by The Truth Network.